0: Welcome to edition five of the one-on-one FPL podcast. Just two guys from down under who love their FPL. I'm joined again by my co-host Jamie, as known as FPL Cantonart. How are you tonight, Jamie?
1: Yeah, good, dim- Dimmer Going great. Had a, uh, had a good game week, I felt. So ready to launch in into another brand new game week so soon after.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, always nice when... You've just finished one game week and you're already thinking about the next game week because you've only got a two or three day break. So there's no rescue for the wicked. Straight into game week five we are. So I'm very happy right now with the, the fact that we've just got a smorgasbord of fantasy Premier League to talk about and uh, ponder over the next six or seven days. Today's show will be a little bit of a different show. We're going to be very efficient. We're going to zip through everything as we preview game week five. Um, and we'll be back later this week to preview the weekend's games again. So just on the wrap-up from last week, Jamie, uh, how did you go? So I finished up with
1: 74 points. Uh, standouts were Luis Diaz getting me two goals, which was nice. TAA getting the 17 points. Cucurella getting five points. So he got the assist. James got a, got a goal there. Um, Harland. Massive 17 points. Unfortunately, I didn't captain him. I captained Salah. Um, but overall, uh, I'm currently sitting at 413,000. Uh, so half my, my my rank overall. So very happy with that, Dima. How did you go?
0: Yeah, I got 70 points but went down to 66 with the minus four that I took. But uh, overall, the minus four was uh, justified. I brought in Saliba for Walker as the second trade. So Saliba scored seven, Walker scored one. So six point better off there, minus four. So two points better off. And yeah, I think my squad's a bit more uh, balanced now having Saliba in there at the back. Uh, overall, I went down in rank. I did get a red arrow, but I feel like my side now is set up for the next sort of two or three weeks ahead. So let's see what happens in between now and then. Just the rundown from last week. Southampton lost at home 1-0 to Manchester United. Brentford and Everton played a 1-1 draw. Brighton kept another clean sheet against Leeds, their third this year, 1-0. Chelsea, who had a man sent off very early in, Connor Gallagher, beating Leicester 2-1. Liverpool putting nine past Bournemouth, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on in this podcast. Manchester City beating Crystal Palace after being 2-0 down, winning 4-2. Arsenal beating Fulham 2-1 at home. Aston Villa continue their very poor form with a loss 1-0 to West Ham at home. Wolves and Newcastle playing a 1-1 draw with St Maximum scoring a 88-minute volley, I think, to, uh, to tie it up one all. And Spurs beating Nottingham Forest 2-0 away with Kane getting on the score sheet and missing a penalty. Moving on to the weeks ahead, or moving on to the games ahead, I should say, rather. The Wednesday games, Crystal Palace host Brentford, Fulham host Brighton, Southampton hosting Chelsea, Leeds hosting Everton. On Thursday, Bournemouth against Wolves, Arsenal against Aston Villa, Manchester City against Nottingham Forest, which is a tasty fixture for all those Manchester City assets, West Ham and Tottenham in the derby, Liverpool hosting Newcastle, and on Friday, Leicester, who have a very good record against Manchester United, round out the game week. Uh, Just... Jamie, thoughts on any of the, I guess, the games that we just ran through there or anything that this week's fixture stands out to you?
1: Well, if we have a look at the eye test, um, you know, the good from last week, Manchester City were 2-0 down and responded. Uh, Harlan scored a hat-trick. I thought his third goal was very good. Um, you know, the ball was played into him. He knew that that the centre-back was just on his you know, on his tail, um, you know, turned him, ran on goal, one-on-one, put it away. You know, there's rumours that managers are calling each other, asking, you know, how do we stop this guy? He's just an alien. Um, I also thought that Liverpool uh, were outstanding, winning 9-0. You know, if you looked at the score the next day, you would think that Salah had five goals, um, didn't return at all. Firmino looked good, you know, holding his own two goals, three assists up top. Luis Diaz. Uh, score two goals by header. Um, so he's looking more and more like a complete player. You know, he can score with each foot, now he's head. Um, and then a couple of the others as well. I thought that um, Sterling looked good for Chelsea up top. He's off the mark now uh, for them. He scored two goals um, and they came back from, from uh, being a man down. Um, so, yeah, they passed my eye test.
0: All right, well, I'll get on to passing my eye test. When we talk about Liverpool, if we just revert back to last week's podcast, the take it to the bank was, even though they've been out of form, Liverpool have probably got their best fixture of the of the year playing against Bournemouth at home. So um, if only that could translate to more points for my fantasy Premier League team, that sort of uh, prediction. But what passed the eye test for myself in the previous game week was Manchester United looked like a much more cohesive Uh Always nice to keep a clean sheet away from home. And it was their first away point that they had earned since February this year. So, look, all in all, the only way was up after round two for Manchester United. So, it's good to see that they've shown some improvement. Are there any fantasy assets that I'm sort of eyeing off with them? Probably not just yet, but, you know, they're probably one to watch over the next sort of week to two weeks. Brighton's defence, definitely passing the eye test at the moment. Only conceded one goal all year. Kept the three clean sheets. Just look like a really cohesive unit working together all together as part of that system that's been put together by uh, Potter. So they look very strong. Um, Mitrovic, always looking very, very dangerous. Uh, Scored his goal against Arsenal. And, you know, something to note is in his four games this year, he's only blanked once. And that was in the game where he did miss a penalty, or sorry, he actually had a penalty saved. So, you know, had he scored that, he would have had a return in every single game week. Everybody would probably be talking about him, um, almost in the same breath as someone like Haaland. And probably the other thing to note about Mitrovic is he could also be fixture-proof. He's had returns of 13 against Liverpool and seven against Arsenal now. So, you know, they're obviously both, both sides that will probably be in the top four to six by the end of the year. I say four to six because I'm just not sure about Arsenal. As as we know in the past, they have had uh, their chances in the top four and they seem to blow it. But, you know, the fact that he scored 13 and seven against those two teams, you know, does hold him in good stead moving forward as far as fixtures go. And the other part of the eye test, which I know that you talked about it, but Trent Alexander-Arnold he's a must-have. You can't not have him. I actually had a friend who sold him. Uh, late last week and brought him straight back in after the game, realising that he'd made a terrible mistake selling probably the most important player in fantasy and probably the most nailed player that we should all have in our teams. He's had the most crosses this year in the whole of the Premier League with 41 crosses so far. So that, that's an average of more than 10 per game, which, you know, now that they're starting to get back some of their soldiers, Firmino had a really good game up front. Uh, Darwin Nunes has only got the one more game where he's suspended. Diego Jota will be back as well. So, you know, having Trent putting 10-plus crosses into the box every game with a strike force of the three names I just mentioned really does hold him in really good stead moving forward. Now, the ones that didn't pass the eye test for me pretty much goes without saying, but Bournemouth and their and their conceding of nine goals... Bournemouth haven't made any major signings. Uh, Scott Parker was sacked today and it could be a very long season for them. So when we do look at the fixture, we probably want to target the side that's playing Bournemouth. Now this week it is Wolves playing Bournemouth. So I don't know who you'd be looking at from a, from the final third point of view, but yeah, they're probably a team that, that uh, I'll be looking to target, um, especially over the next two or three weeks while they try and sort themselves out while they find a new coach. Uh, Aston Villa look very shaky. Um, Stephen Gerrard, I'm not sure if he knows what his best starting 11 is at the moment. Uh, the fact that we're four weeks in and they've got a really tough fixture ahead, Aston Villa assets have to be and avoid at all costs. Bailey as well went down again to 4.7. So for all of the owners of Bailey, it's very, very frustrating because I think everyone's looking to uh, sell him. And finally, the other player that didn't pass the eye test for myself was uh, he scored well, but uh, Gabriel's mistake costing all us Saliba and Ramsdale owners, Jamie, that extra four-point clean sheet. So very, very frustrating um, end, I guess, to to that game. Uh, And just to rub salt into the wound, he also did happen to get the bonus points by scoring the winning goal in that game. So just to rub it in for all those people that did lose the uh, clean sheet bonus. I probably can't complain as much as the Ramsdale owners because I did have Saliba who got a very dubious assist, but I'm more than happy to take it. So, now moving on to the rotations. So, we just wanted to touch on the very short time frame that all the teams have got in between games four and five and five and six. So, I'll just pick out a few teams, but. There's a team like Arsenal. I've only got 96 hours between game weeks four and five and 91 hours between five and six. Chelsea, only 75 hours between game weeks four and five and then 112 hours between five and six. Liverpool, 99 hours and then 62 and a half hours. Manchester City, 98 and a half hours, 68 hours. And then Manchester United, 125 hours, which is the longest rest period between game weeks four and five of any team but then only 66 hours from their game in between five and six. The last team to round it out, because we won't go through them all, is Tottenham, 73 hours between four and five and 65 and a half between five and six. Now, to me, that says you've got to have a squad that bats very deep. You've got to have a squad of at least 14 players that you can count on because players will definitely be rotated. We've already heard Pep talk about someone like a Harland we've seen Tottenham go out and buy several squad players this is the reason that Tottenham have gone out and bought all those players to ensure that they've got a squad so that if they want to rotate a Perisic or they want to rotate a son even and start someone like a Richarlison that's now what they'll be looking to do moving forward moving on to the stats of the game week so speaking of Tottenham We'll get on to Son has had 14 goal involvements in 15 games against West Ham United and Kane 15 in 20 during that time period. So the fact that, you know, Son has been very much out of form this year. 14 goal involvements in 15 games is a, well, it's a formidable uh, stats record there for him. Granted, some of those goal involvements have probably been shared with Kane because Kane would have probably uh, got a few um, assists to Son and vice versa. But, you know, 14 goals in 15 games is a a very, very strong stats line there for us to look at. Manchester City, last five home games, they've scored 21 goals at an average of 4.2 goals per game. So what does that spell? It spells trouble for Nottingham Forest this week. So it's probably just a matter of, not probably how many, but who. Who will be those players that score the goals? As we know, they've got so many different players who can score, assist, get forward. So a lot of it will probably come down to whether or not someone like Harlan does play you know, 60 minutes plus or whether or not they're... You know, if they're two or three nil up at half time, someone like a Harlan may even uh, be benched because, as we know, on their bench, they've got so many players there in the sheds. Jamie, do you have any st- uh, stats of the game week?
1: Yeah, let's have a look at what the bookies are saying. So, thank you, Draft Hound. So, if we have a look at the game five, uh, game week five clean sheet percentages number one, Man City at 65%, number two, Arsenal at 50%, Liverpool at 45%, Chelsea at 42%. So, all the big hitters expected to, to keep clean sheets this week. If we have a look at the percentage for over two and a half goals, we have Man City at a whopping 71%. Liverpool at 44%, Arsenal 38%, Chelsea at 36%, and then anytime goal scorer, Haaland leading the way at 71%, Salah at 50%, and Jesus at 45%.
0: Okay, well, when you read out the odds for the clean sheet percentages, I was pretty happy because the top four teams there, I've got one player from each of them sitting in my back four currently for this week. Um, probably the other thing to note out of all of that was, you know, all of the players from all of the best teams seem to be, uh, those players to target based on the percentages. As we know, it doesn't always work out that way, but, you know, sticking with those, I guess, premium players from premium teams has always been a formula that works well. Having said that with all the rotations coming up ahead and with the, uh, Champions League for a lot of those teams, it's going to be very interesting fortnight ahead for us. Moving on to buy, hold, sell, wait. So we're starting off with a big one, Mohamed Salah, thirteen million.
1: No, oh, you just have to hold him. He's a he's a he's a great FPL asset. We know that he blanked last week in a nine nil win. Uh, he'll come good. So just just hold, be patient.
0: Well, four hundred thirty one thousand fantasy managers at the time of this podcast think very differently and have sold him and you'd almost bet that half of those managers are the ones that sold Trent last week as well. So, look, he's a he's a he's he's in the fantasy hall of fame. Okay, Mohamed Salah, he's been a proven asset for many, many years now. Um the fact that he didn't get an attacking turn in nine goals for Liverpool surprised everybody. He did miss two sitters that he normally wouldn't miss. And you know, just to rub salt in the into the wound because it seemed like everyone on that uh Team Sheet was scoring points last week for Liverpool. But even someone like uh, Simikas came off the bench, played 21 minutes and got two assists. So it did rub salt into the wound. But for me, he's a hold, Um, you know, especially during this fixture rotation. What you want to have is someone that you can captain who you know will play. You know, the other very, I guess, very sort of obvious captain choice at the moment is Haaland. But we don't know how often he's going to be playing moving forward. So for me, he's a hold. Onto to Luis Diaz, 8.1, the man that saved your game week.
1: Yeah, if you've got him, just hold him. Uh, if you want to go sideways from a Mount or a Saka to someone, he could be a good option. Uh, he could be a good buy. Um,
0: otherwise, just hold. Yeah, and which, is, which sounds like there's a lot of people that have thought the same thing this week. 566,000 managers have bought him this week. So you'd imagine most of them would be Mount or Saka or someone like that, probably moving them sideways. Onto Rodrigo, 6.5. Yeah, if you haven't got, got him,
1: if you can get to him, buy him, hold him. Um, he's got really good stats. Leeds are playing a real uh, uh, penalties as well. Um, I would just hold him.
0: Yeah, I actually bought him last week and put him on the bench because I just didn't like the fixture playing against Brighton away. So he was bought for this block of three which is obviously Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest. So I'm very, very bullish about him. As you said before, uh, his stats this year and I guess his uh, positioning have been very, very much advanced. If there's no Bamford, he's also on uh, penalties. Um, Bamford was rumoured to be back training, so he may even play this week, but you know, either way, someone like a Rodrigo plays as the striker or just off the striker. So, for me, he's a hold or a buy, depending on if you've got him or not. Moving on to another one of the Arsenal midfield who's had a very good start to the year, Martin Odegaard. Yeah, as you said, he's, he's had a really good start
1: to the year. I don't, I don't buy into that he's a really good FPL asset. In my mind, he, you know, he, he assists the assist. Um, he likes to set up the player who gets the assist. Um, so, you know, if you've got Martinelli in your midfield already, you probably don't need a double up. You just, oh, I wouldn't go near Odegaard. Well,
0: 475,000 managers have bought him already this, this game week. So you just sort of wonder how they have because most, most fantasy managers have got two or three Arsenal uh, players. Potentially, people are going... Uh, Martinelli to him as a, as a little bit of a sideways move. So, look, for me, he's a weight. I'm just not sure. Probably similar to yourself, Jamie, in that hasn't really been a fantasy, I guess, asset that we would be targeting over the over the sort of years. Um, so, yeah, for me, he's a weight. Pascal Gross,
1: 5.8. Yeah, I think he's a buy. Brighton have looked really well. He's been involved um, when they you know, when they move forward. Um, if you're looking to offload someone like a netto, I probably wouldn't do it this week uh, because they're playing Born Bournemouth. Um, but if you're looking to, to go from a 5.5 or thereabouts to someone, I think Gross would be the perfect asset. If you're wanting to downgrade an 8.0 or a little bit cheaper to someone to put money elsewhere, like to upgrade a 4.5 uh, striker up to Mitrovic or Tony, uh, Gross could be the outlet there.
0: Yeah, for me, he's a buy if you can get to him. Um, otherwise, obviously, if he's in your team, he's a hold. But 547,000 managers have bought him this week alone. And if he does get a return again this week, his price will just keep skyrocketing. He'll probably end up on $6 million by the time that we get to the Saturday fixtures. He's had three goals this year from six shots. And he's scored with every shot he's had on target. He's also covered more ground than any other player this year, making plenty of runs into the, final sur- uh, into the final third. So he's one that all the stats show he's a buy if you can get to him. But how many mid-price midfielders can you have when you've got the likes of uh, Rodrigo, Martinelli, etc.? So it would just be about – you can probably only have two of them. So where does he fit in? Zinchenko, 5.2, didn't play last week.
1: No, he's been injured. Uh, if you have him, Arsenal's fixtures are starting to turn in the short term. I would, I would probably sell him. I wouldn't buy him. Um, yes, yeah, so I'd
0: probably sell him dimmer. Well, 697,000 manage, managers think the same thing. They've sold him this game week. He even did have a price drop after having three price rises over the first three game weeks. There's a little rumour, though, that he's fit. There's a little rumour floating around that he may be fit this week and he might play in the midfield for Arsenal because uh, Tini last week played at left-back and I believe there might be a shortage at the moment in the centre of the park uh, for Arsenal, Jamie?
1: Yeah, so Eleni, Eleni's uh, injured. He'll be out for the long term. We know Partey is already injured. So uh, that's news to me that Zinchenko could play in the midfield, but we know he can do it. So he
0: he could slot in there next to Chaka. You're right. So for me, he's a, he's a wait or a hold. Um, and, you know, if uh, he's nailed to play as a centre mid for Arsenal, 5.2 million, he'd be very, very hard to ignore. So hence why he's a wait or a hold for me. On to your favourite pronunciation of a, of a player, oh, Pedesic. I hope I didn't butcher that. Yeah, Petisic. Uh, if you haven't
1: got him buy him uh, if you have him hold him we know that there's every risk he'll be rested with all of the congestion coming up in champions league however he's a you know 5.6 uh, winger who can get clean sheet points um, so i'm happy I'm happy you know if you've got him hold him because we know that he can get you 12 or even 15 points if he gets on the score sheet one week he might miss a week but that you know, a big score here and there will make
0: up for any fixtures he he misses. Yeah, see, for me, he's a weight because I just don't want that stress, if I was to own him, of always looking at the team sheet to see if he's actually going to be on it. You know, similar to to some of the Manchester City assets, but, um, you know, his best is definitely he'd be one of the first players picked on for pretty much anyone's team sheet. And if he was chosen every week to play the full 90 minutes, I think he'd be picked by every single fantasy manager. But there is that risk of the rotation. As we said, you know, Spurs don't have too much break in between game weeks four and five and five and six. So the fact that Spurs have gone out and bought a squad of players now um, you know, there's probably a higher chance someone like a Trippier, uh, sorry, someone like a Pedicich probably won't play as much moving forward. So, for me, he's a wait, st- still a wait and see. He's probably one that I might look to bring him in when I probably wild card after the f- fixture congestion. Trippier five point one. Um,
1: they've got a tough fixture this week against Liverpool, but after that, they've got a pretty good run of, of about five game weeks. Um, if you can bench him this week, hold him because of that good run. However, um, if you don't have a strong bench if you don't want to play Pereira or someone like that, um, then you could offload him and go sideways you know to, to a walker um, who can guarantee you know a lot of clean sheets or cook, cook atella um, So you, you can sell him if you don't have a strong bench, um, otherwise hold him, if you can play someone else just for this week?
0: For me, he's a hold. At the start of the year when I bought Trippier, I was always going to bench him game weeks three and five, having a look at the fixtures. Um, for that reason, I've, I've had a pretty strong bench. I really like the Newcastle fixtures after this week. Now, he has had a bit of a hamstring injury, or it was sort of rumoured that, during the last game, he did uh, grab at his hamstring. But he that was in about the 60th minute and he ended up playing for the full 90. So I don't know how bad it is. Hopefully this week he's actually rested and then he can be back on Saturday uh, f- fit and firing uh, back in that starting 11. But yeah, for me, he's a hold purely because the fixtures after this game went for Newcastle are very, very favourable. The last buy, hold, sell, weight of the week, Jamie... Cancelo, seven
1: point one. I would just hold him. Um, we know that in the last two game weeks he hasn't returned. He's only had the one point, point. Um, and over the you know for the first four games he's only had one assist. So it's less than what we would have expected from him. Uh, however, he's in a strong city defence. I think it is just a matter of a matter of time until he puts it together. I would hold him.
0: So. Cancelo's underlying stats this year compared to last year are much less favourable as far as, I guess, the uh, the positions that he has been, as far as uh, the heat map is concerned, where he's, I guess, finding himself, crosses into the box, expected assists, expected goals. All of his stats are down. He was subbed off in the 60th minute on Saturday. Um, so, you know, when you sort of put all that together, he's not having the season that, that we'd hoped. Um, 278,000 managers have actually sold him this week. Uh, but Forrest at home this week, it's hard to sell a guy that, you know, it's very unlikely Nottingham Forrest are going to score. So it's very hard to sell a proven asset as well as per last year, had a, had a ripping season. Um, for me, he's a hold. Uh, I won't be looking to sell him this week, probably next week either. I think he's, I think he's the best way to get into the Manchester City defence, which is the strongest back line in the whole of the Premier League. So perhaps the only way that you'd move him out is if you went to another Man City asset like a Diaz or maybe a Laporte when he's back fit. But no, for me, he's a hold. Okay, moving on to the best captain choice. Now, last week, anyone that put the uh, captain's armband on Harlan was singing from the rafters. All of us Salah captainers couldn't believe what we're watching. So hopefully this week we have a little bit of luck uh, moving ahead with that. So, Jamie, have you put any thought into it yet? I think it just boils down to two this week, Dimmer. I
1: think it's just a matter of Haaland versus Salah. And, you know, if you, just, if you just strip it all back, it just comes down to if you think Haaland's going to be benched, then you are captain Salah. If you think Haaland plays, you captain him. So you might as well get a coin out and flip it and see where it lands and see how you go. Um, at the moment, I've got the captain's armband on Harland. I think he'll start. I think he'll play um, because I think that he could get a rest, you know, maybe in the next fixture or the fixture after that. Um, and, and also, at the same time, you know, I'm torn because, you know, there is Pep Roulette there, but also... Salah didn't return last fixture when they won 9-0, and that's rare as anything since he's been in the Premier League. He wouldn't have liked it, and you know what a dressing room's like. I know what a dressing room's like. He would have copped it from his teammates, so he'll be burning and he'll be fired up for this week, and I'd be scared if, if I was Newcastle um, to, to come up against a, you know, a, a, a Salah ready to go.
0: Yeah, look, you do make a good point. Um yeah, you would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the rooms after after they'd just put nine past Bournemouth with everyone celebrating and he would have he would have felt a bit awkward, I reckon, the fact that he, he didn't get a return at all. Um yeah, look, for me, Salah, Haaland, Kane and Jesus are the four. Kane, as we spoke about before, has got fifteen goal returns. Uh, in his 20 games against West Ham, so a pretty good record as the son. But Son's form probably doesn't warrant him being in the in the uh, conversation. For me, it's either going to be Salah or Haaland. Uh, as you said, I'm gonna I'll be staying up here in uh, Melbourne tonight, trying to get as much information as I can to work out exactly who I'm going to put the uh, uh, the captain's armband on. So what that looks like at the moment, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, moving on to our side-slash-team reveals. So once again, subject to uh, the press conferences, but I'm going to be rolling my transfer this week. So the side that I had put together from last week and the week before was for the next two- or three-week block. So I'll be rolling the transfer. I'll be going with Sanchez in goals, Trent, Cancelo, James, and Saliba at the back. In the midfield, Sala, Rodrigo, Martinelli. And up front, Harland, Jesus, and my boy, Tony. So on the bench, we'll have Ward from Leicester, Trippier as planned, uh, Pereira as my first sub, and Bailey from Aston Villa, who will just probably sit on my bench now until I probably wildcard in about four or five weeks' time, as as planned. Uh, the only, I guess, questionable thing about the starting 11 at the moment is uh, Rhys James, uh there's a little rumour going around that he may not start in this game week. But once again, purely a rumour. We don't know whether it's fact or not. No one will know whether he's starting it or not other than probably uh, Thomas Tuchel. So that's that's my uh, starting 11. Uh, Jamie? Yes,
1: yeah, so I had the two free transfers going into this week and I've used them both. Um, Ransdale... Yeah, it, ha- it happened this morning before the price changes because there was a, you know, there was talk that Sanchez and Pedicich were going up, and I couldn't risk it because that that screwed me over two weeks ago, and that's why I had to take a minus four. So these are the transfers I've been eyeing off, and it just felt right. So Ramsdale out for Sanchez, even though Ramsdale has a really nice fixture against Aston Villa and will get a clean sheet. I think I think Sanchez could keep a clean sheet against Fulham as well. Um, however, the issue that I've had with Ramsdale is Arsenal's defense have been too good. He's not getting save points anymore. He's not getting bonus points anymore like he was last year. Um, so you are just relying on that clean sheet. Um, and then, um, in terms of Trippier. Uh, he doesn't have a good fixture this week, but he has you know, five good fixtures after that. So I was a little bit torn. However, I really wanted Pedersic from game week one, but he was injured. I couldn't get to him in game week three. He's someone that I want over the long term. And even though with all the congestion coming up, I know he's going to be rested. But if he can come on, we, we know he came on against Chelsea and got an assist and he only played about 20 minutes. Um, I expect him to do that moving forward, and hopefully he can just pop up with a big performance um, and get me a 12 or 15 points. So the side I am putting out for this week is Sanchez in goals, Trent Cancelo, Cucurella, James Pedisic. Hopefully James does play. I did hear that, that rumour he wasn't in training, um, and it doesn't help when Tuchel's come out and said he wants to play as Piliqueta as well and maybe go to a back four. In the midfield, I've got Luis Diaz, Salah, Martinelli, and up top, I've got Jesus Harlan with the captain's armband around those big arms of his. On the bench, I've got Ward, Andreas Pereira,
0: Reid, and Archer. Okay, so... Oh, Perisic, you've just thrown me. I was not expecting that at all. So... No wonder before in the buy hold sell segment you were you were singing his praises while I was saying nah don't go near him so well look as I said before I'll be looking at that Spurs team sheet and I'll be hoping he's not on it so <laughs> so good it luck could be in a back. danger
1: week this week Pedicich might might be arrested. James might be rested Harlan might be rested so it
0: it could backfire but they're, they're players I want for the long term so nah, that's uh, fair enough and uh, look. Hopefully for your sake, because I'm just looking at your bench, hopefully for your sake that only maybe one misses Max for you because, yeah, there's not too much cover there. I guess, yeah, for me, James is the one that I'm a bit suspect on. But, again, he's one I'm holding for the long term. So, um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Thank you, Jamie, again for your time. We will be back later this week with all of your favourite segments. Best of luck to everyone this week and hope you chase that green arrow. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.